The boys are in the starting stalls. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Stand by for a start for Moody on the mic. Springs here. Group 1 racing returned last weekend and what a day it was for the Moody on the mic team. I'm Roger Aldridge and joining me, the man who steered, well he didn't steer home, but he trained home a 50 to 1 winner and also a placing in his return to Group 1 racing in the Memsey Stakes with Glenn Fittick. Peter Moody, good morning. G'day, Rog. Uh, it was a lovely day's racing at Caulfield last Saturday, wasn't it? And uh, even though it was a few days before the start of spring, uh, our first Group 1 of the year here in Victoria and the week before New South Wales, so we're up and about and uh, racing's good. The good horses are reappearing and, uh, and I'm glad I could play a small part in it. Well, like we said, did you train the third place horse in the group one? The second place horse was one your part owned with this man, Anthony Mithen, Mr. Quickie, first up from a spell. Wooshka, what a run. Flashing lights everywhere, Rog and Rayman and Moods. Uh, it was, um, no, it was very exciting to see uh, Mr. Quickie return like that. Uh, just flying under the radar. We we're going to go to handicap. We fooled everyone into a false sense of uh, 20 to one. And uh, the punters came for him late, didn't they? They, Ended up, uh, I think he was um, he, he was closer to a ten to one shot when they jumped and um, ran accordingly and and uh, probably exceeded our expectations. So we'll we'll plot a plot path towards um, the McKinnon as our target race. I think for Mr. Quickie, what do you reckon about that move? That's a good idea, isn't it? Oh well, listen, mate. Uh, because I'm opposition now, you don't involve me in any decision making. Uh, uh, with Mr. Quickie, so uh, I think there's enough cooks in the kitchen there without me uh, involving myself. So uh, listen, it looks a nice target. Um, uh, I'm just happy uh, that. Oh, listen, I don't know. He might show you that uh, he, he could be a cup source when he has another run or two. I don't know, but I, I think that 2,000 metre, you know, area is an ideal target for him. Uh, and when you have a look at his form guard, his best forms at 1,400 metres, even though he won a Derby at 2,400. And I suppose when you say flying under yep. the radar, Mitho, with you as managing owner or the most vocal managing owner you probably get, and then Moods is also in there too. Flying under the radar, that's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. Uh, that's as much as Moods, <laughs> as, as much as Moods saying he was going to make a low profile return to racing as well. Uh, and uh, the man who coined the loudest low profile, Tom Hackett, uh, welcome to you from sunny Queensland, home of the AFL Grand Final. Yes, home of the AFL, home of the AFL Grand Final. Richmond, not the best performance last night, but I think we're still heading in the right direction. We'd love to see Richmond win another premiership at the Gabba, but I digress. Obviously, big week for Moods last week, in good health, winning the Headley at a big price. But I went back to, I listened to last week's episode again. I said, oh, surely Moods must have given us a little push at some stage about in good health. Something for the battling lab breaks punters out there. Listen, the whole episode again, not a single mention, Moods. What happened? You left the punters out. Well, I don't think you mentioned that race at all uh, there, Rainman. Um, no, we have a best bet segment, though, Peter, and uh, you're more than welcome to just throw one in there. Well, I think... And, uh, like, to, to be fair, Peter, uh, we didn't mention race three at Caulfield either. I might have tipped the, the horse that led to the shadow of the post at 20 to 1. Uh, uh, what a run from Thousand Wishes. But, uh, Peter, nothing, nothing for you on your 50 to 1 shot that was obviously set for the race and... Um, you and Stewie Ramsey have cleaned up shop on the punt, I, I'm led to believe, on Saturday? Yeah, no, it firmed right in from 33s out to 71. So uh, there obviously was a lot of money for her. But no, she was uh, aimed at the race. She drew 17. That was a big concern. But I think my best of the weekend was Glenn Fittich. And uh, he did us proud, uh, the three-roll running third in the group one at each way odds. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll just hang my hat on that. Thanks, Anthony. 
How'd you like? You've, you've had a fifty-one uh, stakes winner, your first stakes winner since coming back. You've um, run third in the big Group One race. How'd you go on the punt on Saturday, Moose? Um, I had uh, a few dollars each way. My other fifty-to-one shot, Brandis Rule, who uh, didn't partake in the Colts race. He uh, felt the ground, and I think he played the Colt card a little bit, and he played my card a little bit, and got my money. So I think that was my first bet in a long, long time. So. Uh, uh, I think I'll just stick to tipping them and not backing them. Well, it'd be bloody welcome <laughs> if you did tip them. Did you or did you not have a bet on in good health? No, I didn't. Didn't have a cracker on it? No. I did point out the irony of a man who smokes 50 darts a day having a horse caught in good health uh, that goes very well uh, running around. So, look, it, it, it is one. If, if you're talking about omen bets, irony bets, that's the one of the spring, I reckon. You made that joke on Twitter on the weekend, Rog, and you should have seen people jumping into defend moods and he's like, and he's like his newfound good health. Like it's incredible the way that moods has some of these people just wrapped around his little finger with this new uh, health kick. Well, it's a good way to lose weight. Is anyone that's watching our, our well, anyone that's watching our, our telecast uh, via Zoom, um, moods, I reckon you've got to get rid of the um, the big top tent shirts. Um, they're they're too big for you these days. They are too big. Look at that. You, you can get rain man in there as well. Clowns up there, I reckon. <laughs> no, uh, we've uh, stripped off about 10 kilos, and uh, even though I'm still on the darts, uh, I'm actually feeling pretty bloody good. Um, I'm rocking and rolling, ready to go. Fit humans, fit horses. That's Moody's motto. Exactly. Bit of bone and muscle. Bit of Thomas John Smith. And what do we think of the AFL Grand Final? Obviously, it's going to, uh, to Brisbane, but it is going to be on Cox Plate Day. It does make for a mouth-watering day for sports fans. We'll certainly chat about it with our guest who's coming over very shortly, the great Matt Hill. Uh, but obviously, Cox Plate Day, a 10-race card rolling into a, the first ever night Grand Final. It's, I just don't know how sober people are going to be by the first bounce. Well, you know, what a, what a great day sport. Like you said, we've got the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Uh, is it the 100th running this year? It is, the golden Cox Plate. 100th running of the WS Cox Plate, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. And uh, listening to Michael Brow, the CEO of Mooney Valley during the week, I think the Cox Plate will be the second last as it usually is. Probably run at about 4.40 in the afternoon. And uh, that'll give Channel 7 plenty of uh, prelim time into the grand final. I presume they kick off about 7.30, 8 o'clock uh, under lights up there at the Gabbard. And not only a Queensland grand final, but the first ever grand final under lights. So, uh, you know, it might be, uh, you know, a, a bit of an educational phase for the AFL as well, uh, because there's been talk of a night grand final for many years. But, you know, I think these two great sporting events can complement one another. Uh, it probably would be hard. Oh, well, I don't know if it would be hard if it was in Melbourne, if the grand final was in Melbourne. I could still see a lot of people doing both. You wouldn't get many going to both just because not many standard punters go to the grand final. It is very much a corporate event. So it's for the Anthony Mittens of the world uh, to get along to the grand final. But uh, certainly for the, the real, you know, sports fans, it'd be Cox Plate Day. Yeah, the beautiful people, uh, they get tickets to the grand final and the average Joe Blow that goes to the footy each and every week, they get priced out of grand final week. So uh, um, they, they'd enjoy sitting at home watching the Cox Plate and then probably having a good barbecue and a big good uh, knees up in between and then uh, straight into grand final. It'd be tremendous. I think it's probably an opportunity now for the, obviously the AFL, I think it's going to be hard to go back to a day grand final after now. Oh, dipping shit. With the night. They, they, once they go night grand final, they will not be going back. I'd guarantee it. 
There's no but way. I, we'll okay, get... you guarantee it, do you? I reckon we will not have another. It's going to be a day grand final. There will not be another day grand final. They've been talking about this for years, and they've just now got the opportunity to do it. The only thing they were going against it was tradition. They were, and it's good for racing if we have a night grand final. Perfect. This could be the first winner I've backed this year. Rain Man, what odds are you giving me? Because yeah, I'm, I'm going to have as much as I can on with you that it will return to a day grand final next year. Where, how yeah, much do you want on? Pending. Write your own ticket. It'll be a night hey? grand final next year. I love the fact that uh, a Queenslander who's followed racing his whole life and grew up with rugby league is now giving the absolute guarantee that the AFL, having never dealt with the AFL, the AFL Rog, it's all about Queensland. It's all about Queensland. Victoria's in the past. The grand final might even be at Optus Oval. We might not even go back to the MCG. I wouldn't worry about it. We can do oh, a so lap you, of the tour. You, you, you don't understand. You don't understand if there's a contract in place. Back to the G. 50-year contract in place, Raymond. I dare say it will be the MCG. I'll have it. I'll have a thousand, a thousand at ten to one, Rain Man. Thanks. Can you write the ticket, please? Yeah, we'll we'll get that put through with Ludbrokes on the official books. Oh, hang on. And everyone in the office wants the same bet. That's another forty people. I'm going to remortgage my house to get on. Well, I'll I'll be enjoying the nighttime grand final next year as well. Yeah, from uh, your cardboard box you'll be living in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm waiting for the invitation on Moose's uh, private jet, uh, straight from. Uh, Essendon Airport, which is only a stone's throw from Mooney Valley, uh, straight up to Brisbane. We'll land just uh, just outside the Gabba, straight in for the bounce of the ball. Uh, Moods has got that all organised, haven't you, Moods? Being uh, the home state, the only two states to be in, Piston, Queensland. And we'll be there come grand final night on your Learjet. Uh, watching the Lions and the West Coast fight off for the flag. In Queensland and Pist, you'll be in both on grand final day. Up next, Matt Hill joins us on Moody on the Mic. Ready to make the switch? If you've got to download a new app today, then go with the one that will stay the distance. The home for racing punters who know what it takes to find a winner. We created Switch to give you the power to pick your promo. And we're the first to give you same race multi on all codes. The betting choice is easy. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. T's and C's apply. See ladbrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to Moody on the Mic and the man who intros the show every week and doesn't really realise it, uh, it is the voice of racing in this great state of Victoria, Matt Hill. G'day, Matty. G'day, Roger. Lovely to be on uh, Moody on the Mic and, uh, yeah, always good to talk to uh, a bunch of dribblers. So looking forward to it. Well, when we put a show together and, and we go, all right, we're going to talk a heap of shit this week. Who can we get on to dribble shit with us? Yeah. Matt, was the, your name was the first one that sprung to mind. I can't yeah. believe it's taken us this long to get you on. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. And we're sober as well. So uh, <laughs> at, uh, that is an absolute shock. But lovely to join Mitho and Rain Man. Always enjoy uh, seeing Rain Man on the big screen at Mooney Valley giving his tips. And, of course, uh, the man who's the absolute ultimate uh, crap talker in Peter Moody. So looking forward to it. <laughs> I've got feelings, Matty. Um... No, you don't. That's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> the, um, obviously, there's been no people allowed on racetracks in Victoria for quite some time, Matt, over that winter. And those cold winter months are always a lonely time anyway. I mean, how are you surviving up there in the, in the box by, uh, by yourself with your thoughts? Well, it's, it's different, that's for sure. It's quite eerie at the races, actually. But I, I think we've got to this... Uh, 
to, to use that awful expression, a new norm, where we've got used to it over the last uh, six months. Um, usually the race caller gets a little bit of energy from the crowd, especially on the really big days like Cox Plate Day, Melbourne Cup Day, but we're not going to have that, uh, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's been pretty quiet, but aesthetically the races look the same. On a Saturday afternoon, people watching on the TV, uh, um, Barfoot seeing a few people on the outside fence cheering for their horses, the, the racing continues and it looks the same. So now that we've got the good horses back, we've had the Mimsy last week and... Um, you know, P. Moody's trained a winner, a listed winner on Saturday, which was good news. And uh, the, the good trainers, the good jockeys, the good horses are around. So uh, I don't think if you're sitting at home enjoying the races, it's not going to be much different. Unfortunately, you just can't come to the track and, and enjoy it. But uh, I think we're in for a unique, a very unique um, spring carnival. We've obviously got uh, a bit of a change in the AFL season with the grand final being played in Queensland. So I think we embrace it. The Melbourne Cup will probably bring uh, people together closer than, uh, you know, uh, than it ever has. So looking forward to it. Closer, but not within six How have you found the, um, how, how have you found, Matty, the, um, uh, the, the jockeys? You can obviously, you can hear now through the effects, Mike, when, you, when you're just watching at home, the, the, the rah-rah and the, and the slap yes. down the shoulder, which um, is, is probably new. Well, it's, new, it's a bit new to me, um, to, to be honest, particularly... Um, at those city tracks, you, you can hear it. You can obviously hear it in the commentary box because you've referenced it a few times. Uh, who's the loudest? Who do you find really gets roaring at their horse over the line to get those... <laughs> Well, it's, it's a really yeah. good point because, well, it's a good point, Mitho, you're right. Unless you stand on the fence at a normal race meeting with crowds, you wouldn't hear it. Um, but the effects mics have picked it up. And uh, I think you already know the answer to this question. It's definitely Damien Oliver. Uh, I never realised how loud Ollie was, Mitho, until I reckon I've called uh, four or five races where I may have even referenced it, where you could just hear him from high up in the grandstand, absolutely screaming at his horse. So um, that's been really interesting. And uh, uh, if you listen, you don't actually have to listen that carefully when he's in a good finish, because uh, you know that uh, he's around, he's, he's the ultra competitor. And uh, um, yeah, it's added a lot. I reckon we could probably still add a bit more to our spring racing coverage around the track with microphones, obviously, uh, Getting the staff to do that's probably the issue. We've had to take the uh, effects mic away from the barrier stalls because that comes through the cameraman at the barrier stalls. Usually we get that. Uh, that's been taken away. But I think if we're going to have racing on the TV for the next two months, we need sound. And uh, I think that stuff's fantastic. You've referenced, mm. um, you know, with, with the effects mic, if the jockeys swear, obviously it's not ideal to have that sort of stuff go live to wear. But what about when you get a trainer on the phone and he uh, talks about his fucking eight-start maiden? Uh, that's not ideal either, I suppose. Okay, how's your horse going? No, mine's going good, but it's a fucking nine, eight or nine-start maiden, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we're really, really... Um suppressed with what we can do i mean during the week uh, in particular on racing.com we're not allowed to have anyone with a camera at the track um so a lot of it's uh, radio on tv at the moment unfortunately but uh, on a saturday we can still have quite a good coverage in fact uh, last saturday was the first of the the group one channel seven days and uh, it was quite a uh, an elaborate setup with uh, microphones being sprayed every half an hour and um, the way they were set out in the paddock um, and we're, we're going to have more of that in the next two months with the spring racing carnival so 
Um, every uh, every inch of the mounting yard is being used to try and get uh, the right coverage and uh, for, to be safe for everybody. It's been quite a fascinating process, I'm sure, for those involved. One thing we touched on before you jumped on, Matty, was, and you mentioned it already, was the AFL Grand Final being on Cox Plate Day. Now, you love a drink. Uh, so I know we'd spoken earlier that you were you were really worried that the AFL Grand Final was going to be the day and the Cox Plate was going to be the night, which meant you couldn't indulge in 8,000 scotches uh, while the footy was on. Um, so you must have been rats when it's, when it's come out this way, where you can get your job done. <laughs> and settle into the footy on a Saturday night? Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and I think the good thing about the Cox Plate is because there's going to be no crowd, we don't have to have the, the singing of the anthem or we don't have to have Daryl Braithwaite. So they're going to uh, compress the meeting. So the first race will still be around about 12.20 and I'm pretty sure uh, we'll be done and dusted by, you know, 5 o'clock, 5.30 to settle in and watch the footy. And so, yeah, nothing better. Uh, 8,000 scotches is probably a bit excessive, but... Uh, Sorry, that was eight. for the week. That was for the week. Yeah, that's for the week. But uh, no, to sit and watch the footy, which I love as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, again, unique. I think we embrace it. It's something different. It's going to be a fantastic day for sports fans. And I'm sure a few of those sports fans that like having a drink with the races on a Saturday, they, it might be a long haul. To use a, uh, a Bill Collins uh, expression, I hope they don't go too early on Cox Plate Day. Well, I've been, I've been known to do that myself, actually, in the past. Uh, speaking of Cox Plate Day, of course, the Fiend Stakes is this Saturday, and it does mean the winner does get the golden ticket into the 100th uh, renewal of the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Tommy, where's the early money going for the Fiend? Early favourite, Rog, is surprise, baby. 3.10 out to 3.20, still the best back to the Ladbrokes, though. Harbour Views has gone the other way, 3.60 out to 4.20. The market mover is Sikoni, obviously the fit horse here. It's been 8.50 into $5.50, the market mover. Moods, we, uh, we've seen these spruik horses. There are certain horses around the traps that punters really just love and are really looking forward to seeing when they roll out for the spring. Surprise, baby, is definitely one of those horses, uh, you know, it'll be aimed at the Melbourne Cup. First time we've seen it uh, this spring. Uh, it, it is nice to see these good horses really start to, to get out on the track. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, his run in the Melbourne Cup last year was uh, to be seen, to be believed, really. He was, uh, it was a phenomenal effort. And, uh, um, you know, he returns here on Saturday at a trip well short of his best. I would suggest he's probably a false favourite. He ran well in this race last year. But then you've got to try and identify the horse that uh, is going to beat him. Uh, Sacconi's the one that's going to be up on the speed, making his own luck. Maybe I should have had in good health in the race, uh, knocked off Sacconi last week. But, uh, you know, just identifying the one that is going to be uh, cherry ripe for this mile race. Uh, you know, maybe the horse of Brent Stanley's the Western Australian horse coming round or something like that. Uh, but really looking forward to the resumption of, of Surprise Baby. Uh, I think it's an exciting horse. And Craig Williams, he's got his iron and a few fires at the moment. He's got last year's Melbourne Cup winner and Vow and Declare. Uh, he's got uh, this horse, obviously, on trial as well. So pretty exciting times. And, and uh, I think, uh, you know, each and every Saturday, we're going to see nice horses resuming for the next two or three weeks, headed towards the big handicaps and the Cox Plates and uh, makes for a terrific racing. And you just basically tipped in good health in a race it's not in. Uh, just my <laughs> last week, not tipping in a race it was in. Uh, Tom, sorry, mate. That's no, right. Um, Moods, it's a good point that Moods makes. It's if you don't go with surprise baby, then who do you have on top? It's sort of hard. Like I, in in this race, generally, I would be happy to take on surprise baby, but it's really not the a vintage edition of the Ludbrokes fee and stakes. I think 
he's definitely the class horse in the field. I think he's almost no doubt he's the best horse in the field. I wouldn't be surprised if he is able to settle in the second half of the field and really finish off strongly, a bit like Fiorente did when he won this same race in 2013. Because look at Humidor with Chris Waller now. He's about his 15th trainer he's had during his career. We don't know how he's going. Regal Powers, two runs this campaign, have been very, very flat. Streets Overline isn't going as well as it did in the autumn. Harbour Views is a horse I've always thought the market is overrated. I'm not sure it's quite up to these. So you sort of, you can put a pen, if you put a pen through a lot of them, you sort of do end up with Surprise Baby, and that's why it's a clear favourite. But it is a, an interesting race, and uh, I'm not, I don't think we'll see the winner of this year's fee and stakes being a genuine chance in the Labrooks Cox Plate. Matty, obviously springtime means the horses are more recognisable, which I'd imagine makes a race caller's job easier and you'd recognise all of these. And which way do you think the race will be run? I agree with uh, Rain Man. I think Surprise Baby's the class in the race, but he's the X-factor horse in the race. I think he'll win the Melbourne Cup, Surprise Baby. Uh, with uh, any uh, a scary amount of pace in the race last year, he wins the Melbourne Cup. Um, and he was fourth in the race last year. I think uh, what uh, what Moods touched on is is interesting that it's also a qualification for the Cox Plate. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they think deep down that Surprise Baby's good enough to do both, win the Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup. One question I've got for Moods, though. I was interested to hear Grant Williams' uh, Moods say with Regal Power on Saturday. Uh, he was reflecting, saying that, He's struggled to get Regal Power fit enough uh, whilst being in Melbourne. I think Regal Power is a really, really good horse. But um, his first two runs have been underwhelming in Melbourne. But can that happen when a horse switches states like that from Perth to Melbourne for a horse not to acclimatise and take a few extra runs to get fit? Oh, for sure. And I, and I suppose the horse is away from his usual training conditions. I'm not sure what Grant and Alana do with them over in the west there. Uh, if they've got that little... Lindsay Smith about them, whether on heavy sand tracks or working them up hills. And if they haven't got that facility at Bendigo, maybe that has been a bit of an issue. And, and I think the, with the travel restrictions, they brought those horses over about a month earlier than they usually do. So uh, had they got them ready at home, they might have arrived here a bit harder and a bit more sort of match ready. So it wouldn't surprise me at all um, to see that horse improve and improve rapidly off that uh, run last Saturday. So in a race like the Fan. Uh, with Surprise Baby resuming up against horses like Sirconi, Maha, Medeus. It's a bit of a fine line, I reckon, with those Ryan horses because they've been up and about for quite a while, but they've, they're the ones with the fitness, aren't they? That's dead right. And, yeah. you know, even the streets of Avalon, uh, like you can see he and Sirconi controlling the tempo up forward. Uh, like he had no joy at all the other day turning all the way at the seven furlongs at uh, Caulfield Streets of Avalon. So you would see him as a massive improver as well. I suppose the question mark with him is, does he see out a strong mile? But that might su supply the tempo that brings Surprise Baby right into it. Uh, I suppose if, if those two horses uh, kick out and roll along like they usually do, he and Sir Coney, uh, you know, it might set it up for a, for a Surprise Baby fresh. Mm. Mitho, have you got any thoughts on this uh, race before we move on as to which way you think it'll play or who just give us a tip if you like? I've got a couple of queries. Um, one, what happened to Dado Tanchin there? He's uh, dead. He writes, the, rights, the naming rights for that race were only while he was alive and then the family decided to not have that continue after right. he passed away. I thought the race was named after him, but it was... A, no, it was always the fan stakes, and then it went to the naming rights, 
the dardo uh, i think earlier this century actually ah, there you go because i i was quite confused uh doing my research on this race thing didn't this have another name that Fiend, didn't they? I can't remember the theme been run for years, and it was the Dado Tension Nam, but it's now uh, back to the Fiend. And the other, the, the, so the scratch of the head horse for me is, is Harbour Butte. Um, Rayman, I like your point. He's probably a horse that we've overblown in the market. We've, we've liked what he did early. Uh, he's a nice fresh horse, so he's, his form looks pretty good um, going into this fresh. Um, I just wonder... Um, whether or not this is his opportunity and and we've spoken about the depth of this race perhaps not being there and their horses coming off their this sort of winter campaigns at a rock hard fit um is he the horse that could uh, step up and finally show what he's made of so um i, I don't mind that quinella surprise baby and harbour views take two classy horses and i don't reckon you go too far wrong could we um you know with the naming rights obviously up for grabs there the anthony mithen fee and stakes you know, if you wanted to throw something, a bit of sponsorship towards Mooney Valley and and being one of the great sort of Levian owners of Australian racing these days, you know, a little yeah. bit. They're not actually no, up for because yeah. it is the Ladbrokes fan stakes. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, maybe Ladbrokes would like to name the race after me, Moot. The Ladbrokes Moody on the mic stakes. The Moody on the mic stakes. There you go. No, All I right, like so... the Anthony Miffin stakes more. <laughs> I've got no doubt you do. Uh, so surprise baby for you, Tom. <laughs> surprise baby for you, Matty. Yeah, surprise baby for me. As I say, I think uh, I think we might find out on Saturday that he's. He, we know he's a great horse, but he, he might be a, a really special horse. I think. And moods, no idea. Yeah, all right, let's move on there to the McEwen <laughs> because I know one uh, one person in this conversation is going to have some pretty strong thoughts on the McEwen Stakes before we get to. Brooklyn Hustle. Uh, how does the market look, Rayman? The classy cold Hanseatic is the favourite here at $3.10. Brooklyn Hustle on the second line of betting at $4. Group 1 winner, Bella Vella is $5. And then you've got likes of Bonds Away at $8, Witherspoon at $9 as well. So I think it's a McEwen Stakes where the speed is really done to be on here. It's going to be just, they don't go nuts early. Witherspoon is only knows one way. It's a very, very fast horse. They had a jump out the other day um, at Corfer. They couldn't even hold it. It'll just, it just bolted. And I think it might do the same uh, again here. Bella Vella is another horse that's raced really well in the Ladbrokes 55 second challenge. Always settles right on the speed. So there's definitely going to be some speed here, which I think does play into the hands of Brooklyn Hustle. I've always been a little bit dubious about Brooklyn Hustle, whether a thousand metres is her best trip. I think she might be better over for, over a little bit further, but I think the way this race will set up um, does play in her favour. I think Barrier 2 is good. I think first up, she did get every possible run in uh, luck in transit. It really opened right up for her, and but I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again here on uh, Saturday because of that early speed here. Uh, obviously, the other horse, the X factor here is Hanseatic was... Uh, a star is an early two-year-old, only narrowly denied by Tagaloa in the Blue Diamond, then went to the Golden Slipper where I think he'd had enough. I think he pretty much put a pen through that uh, that run. The thing about Hanseatic that's exciting was he always sort of looked like he was doing it on raw ability and he'd be a better horse as a three-year-old with a little bit more maturity under his belt as well. So really interested to see how he comes back. For me, I think it is a battle between Hanseatic and Brooklyn Hustle. I think it's going to be an absolutely ripping contest. Really looking forward to it. Matty, before we get to you and Moods, Mytho, why is Brooklyn Hustle going to win? I mean, uh, well, she's a, she's, she's a brilliant horse. We've seen her talent. She loves the valley. Um, it's a formula that's worked uh, twice before. She's had two goes at the 1,000 metres of the valley and she's, uh, 
Um, she's got the job done in spectacular fashion both times. And um, look, I, I, trying to read the race and trying to read the track, I wonder, and Maddie, you might be uh, better equipped to answer this than all of us, um, I wonder whether with the rail, the rail's been moved back in. Um, it was a cow paddock, obviously, at that last meeting, so much so it had to be called off. Um, I'm not sure you're going to want to be three or four off the fence and making ground uh, using that camber. You're probably going to want to pick your way through or be somewhere near the rail um, for, for um, to be in the firing line at the end throughout the whole day. So um, we know what she'll do. She'll 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 come out even from the barriers. There'll be too much speed for her to be right up uh, with those leaders, and um, she'll be back the rail somewhere, smothered away. And if it opens up, we'll have our heart in our mouth uh, coming up the corner and. If it opens up for her, she'll have the talent to get through. And if the gate doesn't open, well, we, she might be the hard luck story of the day. But um, she'll she'll give a good sight. She's in great fettle. I went and had a look at her work yesterday morning because I could. She came down to our pre-training farm to, to just have a few days R&R &R, uh, leading into this one and just did some trot and candy yesterday. So it was nice to actually see her stretch her legs and see her in the flesh because she's a very flashy uh, mare, as uh, you would know, Maddie, with that blonde, blonde mane and tail. Oh, look, horses like Brooklyn Hustle are thrilling to call. Uh, yes, the, look, the, the, there was the, the, you know, the parting of the Red Sea wasn't there at uh, Mooney Valley the other day, but you've still got to be good enough and aesthetically was so impressive. And uh, I think she's just going to get the right run uh, in, in that they're going to go ballistic, as Rain Man mentioned. I mean, Bella, Vella and Witherspoon, they only know one way and uh, they're going to go hard. Um, but then you've got horses such as Bonds Away, who will be bombing late as well. Um, and Hansi Attic's an interesting horse. I mean, this is probably one for moods. I mean, uh, a horse like Hansi Attic, it's, a, it's, it's probably a bit of a risk at the price because uh, you, you, how do we know that the two-year-old season hasn't uh, bottomed, bottomed him out? Well, I, I think uh, for mine, Hansi Attic's probably the one to beat. I just thought he might have got the nice run between the speed and Brooklyn Hustle. I just thought he mm. might have had a length or two on her and mightn't have needed quite as much luck. In, in the run, and we saw Tagaloa resumed uh, on Saturday. Uh, he ran well. Uh, we've seen a few of those Sydney three-year-olds, although we haven't seen Farnan. I think we see him on Saturday. Um, you know, trial extremely well. So I think that two-year-old form, you know, the, the little bit of exposure that we have had, uh, it, it has come back. Glenn Fittich ran well in the Memsey the other day. So I think it had stood up. So um, the fact that the Freedman Stable have elected not to kick him off in the, the McNeil or one of those traditional three-year-old races and go to this tells me that they think he has come back bigger, better and stronger. So I think that's a positive vibe and it's probably been no better hit and run stable in these uh, sort of uh, group two, group one races than the Freedman camp, uh, Anthony and Sam Friedman the last couple of years. So I don't think he'd be there to make up the numbers. And Moose, what do you think of the 1,000-metre sprint at Mooney Valley? Uh, it's a unique starting point because they virtually go flat out for 400 metres and then it's quite a tight-turning track. So where does Hanseatic sit from Barry and Knight? It's a, just a little bit awkward for mine. It is a little bit awkward, but, um, you know, as long as he doesn't get out into that ploughed paddock, um, mm. balanced and happy, uh, off this good tempo, you see those two, they might open them up a little bit and he might be able to slot in and, and get a nice run, sort of fourth, fifth. Um, you know, he, he might even be lucky enough to get in one off the fence uh, if those fast horses do open the field up. So uh, I just thought he might have needed... If he gets that luck at that stage, he's going to need less luck in the run on than the likes of Brooklyn Hustle and Bonds away. 
All right, so quick uh, overall tip. Obviously, Mitha, you're going to Brooklyn Hustle. Rayman, in a word or two? Uh, two bet plays for me, Hansi Attic and Brooklyn Hustle. Matty? Uh, I'm still got two nights to sleep on it, but I, I've, I've tipped Hansi Attic just to beat Brooklyn Hustle, but I'm throwing Fine Dane in for a first four bolter. And Moods? I'm with Hansi Attic in this one. Yep. Matty, I absolutely love having you on because you're one of the few guests who also ask questions and really just takes the, takes the pressure off. I'll do some other stuff. It's brilliant. Uh, before we let you go, oh, Rayman's got one for you. I was just thinking that last segment. Matty was so good that, Rog, if you just want to uh, go have a I was a actually doing some other work. And Matty will take over the rest of the show and we'll happy days. Well, I found out what Roger's getting paid for this uh, podcast, see? So I thought I'd just put him a little uh, audition. <laughs> Get, a, get an invoice. Uh, before... Given that you tipped Hansiatic on top, Matty, uh, I'm still with Rog. You can get <laughs> And fair enough. Uh, your best for the day on Saturday, Matty, before we do let you go? Uh, best, uh, I'm going to go with Shandy early in the day. Uh, I think uh, she's going to get a, the right run too uh, in race number two for Matthew Ellerton and Simon Zara. And, I think that last race, it's a 2,040-metre race. There's a lot of horses that are resuming there that aren't ready. And De Beer's second up form is outstanding with uh, with Roddy up. So they're the two I'm playing with, Shandy and, and De Beer. But um, I think it's a really good day. I mean, a lot of people over the years have thought Fee and Day has dropped away a little bit uh, after the Group 1 start with the Memsey. But I think this is a really cracking Saturday. She and currently around $3.90 with Ladbrokes in race two if you do want to get the early odds. Bat Hill, thank you very much for coming on Moody on the Mic and all the best calling uh, both this Saturday and obviously in the future. And uh, we might not be able to get you on again because uh, talking about you as the next Bruce McAvaney and taking all over Bruce's kicks, so you might not have the time for us. Oh, I will, of course. Always a pleasure and uh, good luck, guys. Always, uh, always fun to talk to some familiar faces and, and mates. So, uh, yeah, good luck on the weekend, punters. Get more from your Same Race Multi with Ladbrokes. For the first time, Ladbrokes Same Race Multi allows you to combine picks from the same thoroughbred, harness or greyhound race to get even greater odds. Same Race Multi allows you to choose the finishing positions of multiple runners to finish anywhere in the top four. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. T's and C supply. See ladbrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Let's move up north now to Sydney on Saturday. And, uh, Rayman, a couple of races that you in particular wanted to have a look at. Let's start with the Concord Stakes. Nature Strip returns very short in the market. I'm not sure I want to touch him first up at the uh, the shorts, but uh, what do the punters think? Yeah, well, punters are still keen on Nature Strip. He's a $1.40 clear favourite here. Geetra, second line of betting, $3.50. They're the only, one, only horses at single-figure odds. You'd have to be a braver man than me to dive into Nature Strip at a dollar forty first up here. First up in this race in the uh, the spring last year flopped. First up in the Black Caviar Lightning over a thousand meters in the autumn flopped. Uh, beaten by Geetra, so obviously he's a star on his best. He is the best sprinter in the country. But now that's two. That's he's got a few uh, few bad marks at a thousand meters since he's been with Chris Waller, and obviously the Everest is his main target. So for me, it's just a sit back and enjoy race. Hopefully he comes back and. Uh, Stamps himself as well, he is the horse to beat in the Everest, but yeah, you won't see me diving in at the dollar forty. Uh, Mood, you're uh, obviously a, a former co-trainer of Nature Strip. <laughs> uh, what, what are your thoughts? It's a, a small field, but yeah, he, like like Rayman said, he hasn't been uh, certainly hasn't been consistent and has flopped at this distance first up. 
I do notice he's had a couple of very good trials this time round, Rog, and I'm just not sure whether they've, they've done as much with him in previous preparations. And I reckon particularly in the Lightning last year, J-Mac uh, rode him too conservatively in the middle stages, I, I believe. He sort of looked to hold him up and maybe conserve him for a finish. I reckon he'll just let the horse roll on Saturday and they probably don't see which way he goes. A dollar forty. well, listen, that's a mug's price for any horse, really. But uh, I'm with Rain Man. Sit back and watch it. But I just hope, you know, we'll, we'll answer the question later in the show. But uh, you know what I'm going to suggest to J-Mac? And, and for the fact that he's had those two solid grounding trials under his belt, uh, let him roll, let him win. Mitho, I'm guessing you wouldn't be touching a dollar forty either. Wouldn't have thought. I'll be fascinated by the race. It's going to be a, 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 an absolute beauty. Ball of muscle drawing one is interesting because he's got speed to hold Nature Strip out. Probably the only horse in Australia. Um, uh, if Nature Strip does anything wrong, um, Ball of muscle might just lob in the spot that Nature Strip wants, and and suddenly you've got a you've got a whole new ball game, haven't you? So I, I, I was fascinated by uh, Joe Pride's thoughts on that. Um, he, he feels like that while the horse is not getting any younger, ball of muscle, um, he could just serve it up to Nature's Trip. So that, that'll be an interesting factor. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be staying out on the punt, but um, I'll be watching with a, a great degree of interest to uh, see um, what sort of horses uh, head through to um, uh, the Everest after this and, and come into those calculations. And a wide-open edition of the Chelmsford Stakes also on the program on Saturday. Rayman, uh, Finch in particular, obviously uh, being set for uh, another Melbourne Cup campaign, you'd think, first up at the mile. But um, early money with Godolphin? Yeah, Avilius is the favourite here, Rod. It's been a roll between wins for Avilius, but this does look like the right race for him. He's been 6 into 460. I think the Chelmsford's a race that racing New South Wales might need to have a look at just where it fits in the pattern these days, because it sort of gets lost a little bit in no man's land now, because you've got the, the wing stakes at Group 1 over 1,400 metres two weeks earlier. Then you've got the George Main stakes at Group 1 over 1,600 metres two weeks later. And sort of the Chelsea just sort of gets a little bit forgotten now. And you can see the quality of the race this year. It's If it wasn't for Chris Waller filling it with nine of his resuming stayers who are heading towards Melbourne Cups and Metropolitans and races like that, there'd barely be a race. Um, Avilius ends up on top basically by default. He's definitely the class horse in this race. Um, has First up is generally goes okay. Doesn't normally win, but this is probably the weakest first up uh, contest he's had for a while. Barrier 16 is like is tricky, but he gets back anyway with Kerry McAvoy in the saddle. So he's the one you've got to have on top. But again, tough to uh, bet with any real confidence here. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there with your rain man. Like... Um... You know, they'll leave his walking frame just inside the enclosure there when he goes onto the track of Vilius. Uh, he seems to be going around forever and a day, doesn't he? But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, a little bit like we are talking with Surprise Baby earlier. Um, you know, it's probably hard to have him, but hard to find one to beat him too. So, uh, uh, you know, yeah, let's just watch it. Can one of these stayers sprint well fresh? Yeah, that's probably the... That's probably the thing that we're looking for is, is one of them is a Finch or something like that going to step out and go, wow, look at me for the Caulfield or Melbourne Cups or are we just going to see a Villiers who's been one of our top tier wake for age horses for the last four or five seasons uh, just to be too good for them? Need a Mr. Quickie-style run, Mitho. Just someone to come out and go whoosh, go one of the, like you said, one of the stars. 
Yeah, well, I reckon these other two blokes are talking bullshit, to be perfectly honest. I like the race. I reckon it's a beauty. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, seeing a Villiers, Angel of Truth, uh, Mr. Seawolf, Natoya, Finch. These are all Group 1 horses. Dance, dance, dance. Um, I, I reckon it's a ripping race. Well, <laughs> and yeah, it depends on what filter you look. What's that, Peter? I said, which one are you tipping then? Stop talking shit. Well, I'm going to tip uh, Mr. Seawolf. Yeah. All right, that's Sydney done. Next up, best bets. Ready to make the switch? If you've got to download a new app today, then go with the one that will stay the distance. The home for racing punters who know what it takes to find a winner. We created Switch to give you the power to pick your promo. And we're the first to give you Same Race Monty on all codes. The betting choice is easy. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. T's and C's apply. See labrooks.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Okay, best bets time. I'm Moody on the mic. Let's kick it off with the man himself. Hopefully, if he's got a 50-to-1 pop, he tips us into it this week. Peter Moody. I've got two runners at the Valley this week, Rog. I've got Platinum Invader resuming from an Auckland Cup placing in a mile handicap. Uh, I think uh, if he runs past one or two, I'll be more than happy. Best ever, the very well-bred schnitzel, more joyous cult, has his second start in the three-year-old 1,500. Uh, he's more than a fluker's hope. Uh, I would expect he'll be double each way odds, and uh, you can certainly have a tote ticket each way him. He's probably the best of my two for the weekend. Uh, best ever in the three-year-old handicap, 1,500. I found it hard to find a best because not sure how this valley track's going to play. Is it going to be on pace and near the fence because of that wear and tear the other day? Um, and are the, you know, the run-on horses going to get their opportunity? Hansi Attic was the exciting one for me, not taking away from Mythos Philly Brooklyn Hustler, who I think is very exciting. But when you see these two-year-olds coming out in their first runs at three, particularly at weight for age against the older horses, uh, he's the one I'm probably most looking forward to, to see if, uh, you know, can one of these sprinting three-year-olds put their hand up and say, I'm going to be here to take on the likes of Nature Strip and Gitra in an Everest. So uh, without labelling him my best, uh, he's the one that holds the most interest for me, um, along with Surprise Baby, the ruling Melbourne Cup favourite uh, in the Fian Stakes. So uh, can't label one for you, boys. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm getting splinters in my ass this week, but it's... But looking forward to seeing those two horses resume in the Valley. All right, uh, Mitho, give us yours, mate. Brooklyn Hustle, I'm guessing. I, I, I think about any other race, to be perfectly honest, uh, leading into this weekend. I can't, see, or I can't wait to see her back at the, at the races and um, see what sort of a performance she puts up going up that grade. I mean, it, it, it was uh, benchmark racing last time around and her debut, yes, she beat yes, yes, yes. But... Um, uh, well, seeing is believing and, and um, doing it are two different things. She's got to do it on Saturday at Group 2 level. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a little less confident uh, before I started this podcast because uh, moods are standard by enthusiasm and so too Maddie Hill about Brooklyn Hustle against, uh, beating Hansi Attic. But anyway, it's, it's a race. It's going to be a good race. I think it'll be one of the most anticipated on the day. So um, why wouldn't I make her my best bet? Brooklyn Hustle, go you good girl. Right, man. I'm starting off early, Rog. Hopefully we can get the money in the first race of the day at the Valley. Number three, How Romantic. Started its career with four wins from as many starts. Uh, had clearly had enough when it failed in the CUNY stakes, but finds itself in a really winnable benchmark 84 race first up here. Perfect horse for the Valley. Goes straight to the front. Why? Uh, we'll run them along here. I think it'll be too good. We'll end up in much tougher races than this uh, for the rest of the Spring Carnival. 
I'm going race four at the Valley, number four, Shot of Irish. It's had a little bit of a break, but uh, resumes here and ticks all the boxes. Unipel is going to be hard to beat, but first up at the Valley, over its pet distance, I think Shot of Irish around that $3.70 mark looks a good bet to upstage the favourite in race four. <laughs> so with Nature Strip running in Sydney on Saturday, I mean, it's, it's at he was the horse that inspired the catchphrase for Moody on the mic. Moods. Yes, Rog, before we get to that, I just want to say, touch on Matty Hill. Aren't we blessed in Australia with the quality of race callers we've got and blokes like Matt Hill, uh, you know, able to, to bring us, uh, yeah, bring the stories live into people's lounge rooms every Saturday at the moment, uh, particularly when they're watching it on TV and when you're on course. But we really are lucky uh, with the quality of race caller that we do have in this country. And, and they're one of our sort of most important exports when it comes to racing to our race callers uh, all over the world, particularly in Asia and into America and uh, that. So uh, thanks for Matty for joining the show. J-Mac, I know you're an avid watcher of Moody on the mic. Uh, we're probably due to get you on soon and we will definitely be getting you on if you stuff it up this weekend and don't let fast horses run fast. Ladbrokes, back yourself.